This week on the podcast, we're joined by Chris Pichet, who's going to tell us all about ROM hacking, Nintendo and Valve conspiring to kill dolphins. We're going to have to talk about that, all of that and more in this week's episode of the podcast. Roll the intro. Skibbity boo bop doop bleh. That's <laughs> what I got for you this week, man. I'm sorry. It, you, I can't blame you. I really cannot blame you. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel the same way. I like that. That was kind of beautiful. Thank you. This yeah. touched me in my tender space. <laughs> the scatting is always soulful, and that's what we can guarantee here at Next to Nothing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Greenlee. Green, how are you doing today? Um yeah. Yeah. Super. Okay. Super, oh, super duper, oh. uber, uber, duper. Great. Sick. Good times. I love it. That's some Yay. enthusiasm, baby. Yay. Yeah. It's it's it, it's still technically the weekend, even though everyone's gonna see this on a Tuesday. Yeah, we are pre-recording. Um, so that that's cool, I guess. I woke yeah. up. That's good news. I'm you know, severely depressed. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Never mind. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> no, everything's good. Everything's good. Danny, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, doing okay considering uh, all the stuff that's going on, but I'm doing all right. We're also joined by Mendachi, the spooky, and the ukulele. How are you doing, Mendachi? Oh, not too bad. Just writing new spooky and ukulele things, uh, strapping on my DM shoes. I'm just kidding. They never leave my feet. And uh, they're clown shoes, actually. I'm sorry. But otherwise, yeah, just uh, doing school stuff and uh, hanging out, chilling, learning about cool stuff like ROM hacking. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. For, that's what we call in the business foreshadowing. We're joined by Chris Pichet. That's correct. That's how you pronounce that? Pichet? Pichet, yeah. All right. Uh, that was a nice little call forward. You know, I always hear comedians do callbacks. You just kind of ran over that, did a little call forward. Mm, mm, mm. It's the power of my third eye, my yeah. brown eye. Your Zulu. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Chris, for the kind folks out there who have not had the privilege of meeting you yet, who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? Yeah, I'm a bit of a weirdo, you know. Uh, my name's Chris Pichet. That's my name on YouTube. That's also my name name, you know, if you weren't <laughs> sure. Uh, I I do animation i do music i do video editing i do all kinds of stupid stuff but i also now all of a sudden people know me as a rom hacker one of those kind of characters one of those archetypes you know yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was good enough but uh <laughs> beautiful <laughs> um yeah i will say i i that's how i uh found you was that you got recommended to me on youtube because you were uh talking about your experience rom hacking uh pokemon fire yes sir yes sir yeah. and i'm like this dude has good vibes i like his vibes he passes the vibe check let's get him on the show and talk Hell about yeah. rom hacking and in projects that you know not only projects he's doing but projects that like he is enjoying um and then yeah. as soon as i started watching uh that video I, your shorts started popping up in my uh, youtube shorts feed so um you know you're doing something right <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, that's um, a little thing called uh the algorithm that got you yeah yeah the algorithm for whatever reason it just wants me to have more crispy um it <laughs> knows what the body wants <laughs> yes but let's like let's just jump right into like what is rom hacking and like wikipedia entry shit real quick like rom stands for read only memory it mostly refers to like game files that you can read with emulators. That's like most likely what you're going to like hear referred to as um, ROMs really allow fans of games to like dive deep into the games that they love. You know, you can see the textures and sprites and sounds and music and see some of the programming and stuff like that behind the game. So if you're like, if you want to start getting into data mining or just really like why does Pokemon run the way that it does? You know, ROM hack, like getting into ROMs is a good way to start dissecting that stuff. Uh, but it also lets you manipulate them with other tools. You can like manipulate games and create your own projects. Um, 
one of the project, one ROM hacking project that we've talked about on the show many years ago, many years ago, probably like two years ago, three years ago at this point, um, was Pokemon Crystal Clear. That is a ROM hack. Very cool game. Very, very cool game. Yeah. So that's kind of like your Wikipedia entry to, to ROM hacking. Let's talk with Chris here about like ROM hacking, uh, in his experience and some of the, uh, projects that he's been working on. So yeah, what uh, like just starting out, like what is your current ROM hacking project and what makes it different from other projects? Yeah, I mean, it's not like a whole lot different from other stuff. I think uh, a lot of people assume it is because I think it has a little more unique art. But I, anyways, uh, I, I haven't come up with my official title, but I'm leaning on Pokemon Chrysocola right now. And it's kind of a nice rock that I picked because a it's blue and I like blue. And B, it's got Chris in it, which is kind of a little bonus for me. It's got a little, almost my name in it. It's kind of nice. Branding. It's a ROM hack of uh, Fire Red. And the idea is it's it's supposed to be kind of uh, essentially just like another Gen 3 game. You know, it has all the Gen 3 stuff. There's no changes to like the way the battles work. There's no physical special split. All the 386 Pokemon from that generation are there. But it has completely new uh tile sets story characters storyline uh scripts there there are like quality of life changes that are mixed into there it's the whole works i guess if you wanted a new gen 3 yeah and you do chronicle some of your struggles in a video that i'm going to leave linked down below it'll be uh one of the comments in this video so check that out um but i was going to ask uh you know, because you do chronicle some of your struggles with the project. Um, can we kind of start from like square one and like what yeah. got you interested in ROM hacking and like what tools and, and, you know, things did you have to start learning in order to start, you know, manipulating yeah. the, the games? Uh, well, if I go all the way back to, you know, middle school, Chris Pichet, a little weenie, you know, little weenie kind of archetype there. Uh, I kind of found out about rom hacking because i was just going through youtube and i got recommended some like weird edits of pokemon like i think i saw one i didn't even know who pink guy was it was like brand new uh filthy frank was a brand new thing i don't even think it was popular yet but i saw someone put pink guy in pokemon and i was like i don't know what that is but i want to know how they did that how the hell did they do that and uh when i researched it more i stumbled upon a website called pokey community which has always been like the number one spot for information and documentation and uh, tutorials and stuff on how to do this kind of thing. And back then it was kind of archaic, you know, archaic might not be the right word, but it was all done in binary. Right. And there are very few apps that were out to edit different things within the game. You know, today there's all kinds of new stuff. There's new methods to do it, but I kind of, even to this day had stuck to some of the stuff that I learned back then. Cause I'm kind of an old guy stuck in my ways. Uh, but a few of the tools that I used in the process were things like Advanced Map, which lets you uh, edit tile sets and movement permissions and where NPCs and events go on a different map for the game. Uh, I used PKSV and XSE, which are great tools just to create scripts that you can uh, 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 compile into a ROM and put into a new uh, uh, hexadecimal offset. And it's kind of big words. I can I can explain that a little bit in a second. Uh, those are kind of two main tools I used. I looked at using things like uh, uh, Ape, which is like a palette editor, uh, UNLZ, which is a garbage uh, sprite editor. They've come out with many more better ones now that I've since used. But uh, I just used a lot of the old tools and old fashioned ways to get this game off the ground. And it's kind of started from there and took off a little bit. Gotcha. Um... I hope that answered the question. No, yeah, I think you you answered answered it well. Um, with I, one thing I was kind of curious about, because um, I think ROM hacking might be for some people kind of an entry into game design. Yeah, um, for sure. In in a lot of ways, and we'll actually talk about that in our in our uh, our news topic here um, a little bit. But you know, as a is this like a good entry level are like the tools mostly free do you have to like pay for licenses or anything like that when you start rom hacking no there there hasn't been a single tool i've stumbled upon that isn't free you know and i think that's with good purpose because uh 
I'd be worried that if you sold a tool that worked to edit like Nintendo games, Nintendo probably wouldn't like that. They probably wouldn't be too keen on that. But the community itself that's built around hacking ROMs, especially in the Pokemon one, uh, they're all very friendly, very open people who want to share their knowledge and like document how they figured out how to build this tool or how to do this script, you know? So all the information's out there and accessible and all the tools are out there and easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back a little bit, you know, you're talking about you being, you know, being a young kid and starting this project out. What are some pitfalls or traps that mm. anyone who's starting ROM hacking or getting interested in ROM hacking should avoid? Um, if you're going to do ROM hacking kind of the way I've done it and stick to some of the old tools, which might make sense for some people, there's way more documentation on that. It's way more saturated. So it's going to be a lot easier to find information about the old way to do it. Um, always make sure you're using a tool called FSF, which is called Free Space Finder. Um, because the way it works when you want to put a new code into a uh, hexadecimal-based ROM uh, it's all kind of stacked up in order and you can jump to different offsets to trigger different events. But if you find a spot with open space and it's not big enough, like it, it, let, let's say you have like 10 open bytes and your script you're compiling is 16 bytes, it's going to overwrite those six. So if you're not using a free space finder to find something with more, it's going to overwrite something that could possibly be critical to the game. So I, I always thought like, oh, I only need this one tool to do this one function. It'll be fine but you should always be using like a free space finding tool in between all your steps to, uh, to find places to put your code, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I, feel... I would say uh, my advice is just use decomp now. Move to decomp. <laughs> um, I feel like getting a little nerdy because I've never looked into this at all. Like, can you explain like a little bit like what hexadecimal and uh, those kind of systems are? and yeah. like what a good way to learn that stuff would be yeah i mean i'm kind of dumb i'm not a coder first you know i think i talk about that a little in the video i just kind of jumped into it and learned as i went but hexadecimal is just base 16 code written in um in, in base 16 so it'd be like zero to f zero one two three four five six seven eight nine a b c d e f and um everything is two bytes i think not actually sure off the top of my head, but if you opened a GBA, a .gba file, a ROM in a text editor, the way it would look would just be a bunch of numbers and letters exactly like that. And the game reads that. Your emulator reads that hexadecimal code to play the game. Um, and a lot of that can be written and converted through tools like ASM or whatever else. But uh, the, the base form of the code is in hexadecimal, if that makes sense. And different locations hold different scripts that are certain lengths. So you could have a different pointer that holds a table of scripts or just one single script, and that could be a piece of dialogue in the game, or it could be something that runs the engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think you, you gave me a good layman's understanding of that. I feel like I, I can take that definition and understand more sentences now. <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't think I have any other questions about like ROM ha like the like the kind of like the processor tools, but I'm gonna open it up to my my uh, fine compatriots here. Do you guys have thoughts, questions you want to share? You made my smooth brain almost get a wrinkle. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah, a wrinkle forming. Uh, I would uh, I guess like um, in general, do you find that it's a uh, a long process then like it's pretty it's a pretty arduous process so like most of these things are you would probably call them like uh works of passion right absolutely yeah yeah for sure like um when i was going into that project and i made the same mistake when i was like 13 or whatever i went into it in my head like this will take no time i'm not gonna go crazy with it or anything you know i'm just gonna edit some images some drawings and throw in some new story stuff like type dialogue you know that's about it but when you get down to it, there's very fine details and and just writing a piece of dialogue doesn't make a game. You know what I mean? So uh, when you get to the real nitty gritty of it, there's so much. If you wanted to map one town and design a whole new tile set for that, that could be days and days of work by itself, you know, and stacking on that to do music and then do sprites for that town and sprites for your characters and sprites for Pokemon and then 
different dialogue for the NPCs and full scripts for events that are happening, it can pile up and end up being a lot more than you expected. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm thinking about, I watched Danny play through um, a couple hours of crystal clear and it was just like mind blowing uh, everything yeah. that they put in there, like an entire new uh, evolution system with the, uh, you know, like the being able to like bind monsters together. And at the time that's a uh, fusion. Infinite fusion, fusion that's what that was infinite yeah fusion <clears throat> yeah and infinite fusion yes that's right um and like even like the new storyline with uh giovanni and everything was just it was wild and at the time i was going through cassette beast and i was like you know it's it's roms and hacks like these that probably inspire people to get a group of like i think cassette beast was like four or five people got together and made a pokemon like game and it was the funnest experience that I'd had playing a Pokemon like title in years. And it's just like, you don't, they might've messed around with something like you did, Chris. And then we're like, you know what? This is pretty sick. We're I think we got something. an idea. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's like, if sure. they hadn't been able to do that, like we wouldn't have cassette beast, which is busting uh, records everywhere, you know, and phenomenal indie team and phenomenal indie game. So yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, works of passion like that, that I think are just so incredibly important and they add to the longevity of games. Absolutely. You know, um, one of the big pieces of the game that I was really focused on was the music of it. You know, I think I made like six hours worth of music to get that thing set to go. It was like a 180 tracks twice or something. I don't know, something stupid, but it, it like opened the door for me because I didn't realize how much I liked kind of developing music for games. Like it, it had been, I've been, been doing music writing for a while, but it really opened that door for me and taught me a ton about composition writing and all that good stuff. And uh, I've gotten the opportunity to work with like small developers or small indie guys from Newgrounds and, and write music for different games other than a ROM hack. It is very cool how like, not not just like if you have a team that you did like a little ROM hack or a Pokemon Essentials fan game on, but just the fact that it teaches you so much by uh, doing this passion project that lets you work with other people outside of that community, you know? It's very cool. Yeah. Um, well, you're kind of talking about like the community and stuff like that. Um, ROM hacking, I know, is there's a, a pretty large and dedicated community out there. Um you know, is this mostly discords or, or has it moved mostly to discords or are there still forums out there? I guess is the question. I mean, pokey community is still pretty active, mm -hmm. which is uh, the main forum I see everything on. But there are definitely lots of groups who have discords together where they do this kind of thing. I know um, a user named Anthroid has a discord that I uh, I'm not active enough in, but I'm always asked to check in and look at stuff because they host like competitions. There's one they do called MAGM that I made a few videos on, which stands for make a good map. And the idea of that competition is to make, you get like a month, I think, to make a ROM hack. And the idea is you get one primary location, like you have one map in the game, one area, and you have to build a whole story out of that that's playable. So you get all these cool, like short games that have super creative concepts for the story and super creative stuff. Like you'll start the game, you'll get a randomized team or a randomized starter. It lasts three hours. Uh, one of the ones I just played has to do with like time travel because then it's the same map, but you're just reversing or forwarding time. And then there's another one that's like you go to a gym and the gym's different every time. They're just so creative, you know? And I, I love that kind of thing. And, and Discord servers and and little communities are what kind of, build that right yeah oh, which i actually watched your video playing that and that's that, that looks incredibly fun yeah for uh, sure it, like the the like islands just appearing and disappearing that stuff that looks absolutely delightful um super cool that kind of brings me to like the, the the last thing i wanted to ask about with with this conversation was just like what's your favorite rom hack project for any game or franchise i you know i know we talk a lot about pokemon i think pokemon is probably the largest rom hacking community but i know yeah. that there's rom hacks for uh mario and zelda and and all sorts of other properties so i'll just kind of open that up to you that's a really hard question there's so many cool ones i'm i'm a big fan of like more low-key hacks that are like like uh have you ever watched like small ant yeah on youtube mm-hmm yeah, I, I love the kind of content like that. And I think the the 
one of the closest uh or two of the closest people that he works with are at sign and uh god who's the other hacker for super mario i can't remember his name off the top of my head but it's more like challenge hacks right it's like the vanilla game but there's just one thing that's tweaked that makes it infinitely harder that that's creative right like uh one hack i put together was pokemon but you're frozen the entire time you can't dethaw. you have to beat the game frozen that kind of shit is cool to me because it's like uh it's so simple but it's so creative but right like mario but uh every time every second you lose a coin you run out of coins you die start over you know that stuff is super cool to me yeah i watch a lot of like my dry red and he does a lot of those challenge videos i don't think he does yeah. any of them with like status effects specifically yeah. i think he does a lot of single pokemon runs but um i have seen a lot of those and they i am impressed with people's patience i don't have that kind of patience i don't think i can <laughs> run uh run a game of pokemon uh where i am just frozen i would probably yeah. pull my hair out <laughs> that was hell to do that wasn't a fun one um, I'm a, i'm a bit of a crazy guy since i've done this project because it took like two years to get where it's at so now I'm like, I tried Elden Ring and I did, you know, when you like start up Elden Ring and you get out of that little tutorial thing and then there's the guy on the horse there right away. My brain said it's intended to beat this. I'm going to beat this. So I played for like two days until I beat the first enemy. <laughs> like a maniac. Yeah. Mendachi looks uh, like he just went through pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, d I did the exact same thing, Chris. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to, but what, this tree sentinel is going to die. And I, uh, yeah. in every one of the Souls-like games, uh, if I can, I'll do a depraved build. So I go in with my loincloth and my big Ungabunga stick, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, if I roll and I, and I land my heavy attacks and I get good, so the kids say, I should be able to beat this guy. And finally, uh, you know, like, scrolling online like you know in between breaks and you just see like that first dude with the masses being like art thou maidenless and like, shut up fuck up <laughs> just decided to run away and beat other people with my ungabunga stick but i mean you know uh, yeah, a trial of, of pain is exactly what you need in order to actually feel like uh you know you can persevere through that game yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah just as it's intended you know there's a tree sentinel there you kill the tree sentinel right <laughs> that's what they wanted yeah he's um, the unga bunga stick <laughs> ooga booga unga bunga um yeah so any uh other like projects that you want to mention i know i can give like a suggestion for like someone to, if someone wanted to uh, try out a new game or a new rom hack i know i have at least one suggestion but do you have any suggestions for people to check something out at uh throw me your suggestion i want to hear what you're thinking Crystal clear. That was going to be between it would it would have been a toss up. I don't know if technically Infinite Infusion is a ROM hack. That one's a fan game. I think it's built out of either Essentials or the newer uh, model they have out of RPG Maker. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, Crystal Clear. I, I love what that team did with with Crystal Clear or with Crystal turning it into an open world. Yeah. expanding the selection of starters and just i don't know i thought that was fantastic the way they did that um for sure yeah i throw like polished crystal in there too it's just like a revamped version of crystal that's a little uh more johto-esque and a little harder so it's not kind of like a uh you, you fight the you fight morty and he's got three ghastlies you know not that kind of thing yeah. Uh, I'd throw that in there. I'd throw UP randomizer, the tool, if you want to do randomized shit. And I'd throw MAGM in there because I love MAGM. Yeah. Um, Mendachi or Green, do you guys have any ROM hacks that you've played or would like to recommend? Uh, and I wouldn't say ROM hacks. I mean, I've, I've played plenty of ROMs before. Um, like, you know, just playing, uh, I think right now I'm playing uh, uh, Soul Silver. On on ROM on my on my Android, um, I'd love to get into like more of like other Pokemon uh, ROM hacks and stuff like that. Uh, but I have a a pretty big uh, I wouldn't say a, a pretty big game list, but I've been busy so for sure. I uh, I want to throw out SRB too as well. You know, 
I think I did a video on that one too, but it's a, uh, it's this crazy edit of doom that became Sonic that became Mario Kart somehow, but it's Sonic Kart, <laughs> and you could edit yourself into it if you want or edit any character or map you want into it. I don't care much for Sonic personally, but I care a lot for, uh, uh, cart racing and ROM hacking. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, as far as me, uh, as far as ROMs go, uh, about a year, year and a half back, I got really into like PSX, uh, and man, dude, there's, there's a lot of really, really awesome people out there that have made otherwise completely unavailable games uh, especially to us westerners uh available for play so like as a kid being able to see some of these games in like game informer and stuff and just be like oh that looks so sick and then never being able to touch it like psx allowed me to actually touch that uh kind of it wasn't even nostalgia man it was just this like age of wonder and just kind of you know, uh, I never got to try these things as a kid. Um, as far as like hacks in general, um, just about three or four months back, my good friend Brent uh, of my other podcast, Podcast for Two People, uh, where we criticize movies in a really dumb, eggy way, uh, got me into, I believe it was, and he'll, he'll ring my neck if I say the wrong one. I think it was SWAT 3. And we were using the Raven Shield, uh, more or less like it was just an update, man. Like it was a quality of life update that allowed people to continue to use servers um, and allow this game that was, you know, it, it's aged out. Um, it let it keep going. And uh, so, yeah, we got to do some really insane uh, old school hardcore SWAT maps with some really nice new guns that just looked beautiful. And all the textures were retouched like roms roms and you know like hacking roms there's <laughs> there's basically no uh, uh malicious behavior behind it it's all like an act of love to make something last longer or or look better or bring more life to it man it's just um it's really phenomenal and uh, to think that anything bad uh, uh could happen to any sort of community behind those is just i don't know to me without being overdramatic, it sucks. It's heart-wrenching uh, because partially, you know, like that's what makes games so awesome is the creativity that it inspires in other people. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a shame, you know? Like, um, it's also like, the weird thing is it's kind of great advertising for the companies that made the original game, especially if it's something old, right? It's kind of, it's this weird up and down thing because it's like, yeah, I get it. These people are kind of grabbing your game and doing what they want with it. I get that. But at the same time, it's like it's because they love it and it's actually kind of healthy for the game. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's a, just a perfect segue to go into our next topic. So uh, starting out, despite the Florianopolis declaration in 2018, Japanese company Nintendo has teamed up with Valve to kill cetaceans for commercial gains. Oh. Oh, sorry. It's not a literal dolphin. My bad. Um, it's not. No. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was trying. To, I was really searching for some sort of like, you know, whaling joke in there, and it just. Yo, yeah, that was your most intricate dad joke that I've heard. <laughs> in, I think the entire time I've known you. Honestly, yeah. I was. I was lost. I was lost on that journey with you. Yeah. So you guys can go on ahead and boo me in the comments. Let me know how bad that dad joke was in the comments. Um, but yes, Dolphin is a free and open source console emulator for the GameCube and Wii that allows users to run and play games for those consoles on systems that weren't originally meant to run those games like Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, and apparently some Xbox systems. I'm assuming those like people who are are jailbreaking Xboxes are putting Dolphin on it. That's my assumption. Um, sorry, I've got a cat here. He's trying to escape my arms. Um, but yes, it's been uh, in round in some form for about 20 years. They actually started in 2003, um, and it really wears the crown as the first emulator to be able to run commercially available games for the GameCube. Um, anyone familiar with emulating those systems has 
surely heard of Dolphin. I know I've heard of Dolphin before the story. Uh, are you guys kind of familiar with it? Chris, you're nodding your head. Yeah, I've used Dolphin. Um, yeah. So I think people are probably not going to be surprised at the recent development surrounding it because, well, Nintendo is going to Nintendo. Um, so let's flash back to March of this year where the team behind Dolphin announced that they were going to release the emulator onto Valve's juggernaut marketplace, Steam. And at the end of May, it was announced that the release of the software onto the platform was being blocked and the Dolphin team released a statement. Quote, it is with much disappointment that we have to announce that Dolphin on Steam release has been indefinitely postponed. We were notified by Valve that Nintendo has issued a cease and desist, citing the DMCA against Dolphin's Steam page and have removed Dolphin from Steam until the matter is settled. We are currently investigating our options and we will have more in-depth response in the near future. We appreciate your patience in the meantime. Now, it is worth mentioning that Dolphin does not come with any copies of games, nor is it the only emulator that exists on the platform. In fact, RetroArch uh, also exists on Steam and the Google Play Store. So, you know, it's a little weird that they were going after Dolphin and not RetroArch. Uh, and while we don't really want to get into the legalities, mostly because I'm not a lawyer, I just know enough to keep myself out of trouble, um, there were some interesting takes on the matter. Uh, according to uh, Kellen Voyer, an intellectual property and technology lawyer, they said to PC Gamer, quote, here, there is no allegation that Valve is currently hosting anything that infringes Nintendo's copyright or more broadly violates the DMCA. Rather, Nintendo is sending a clear notice to Valve that it considers Dolphin to violate the DMCA and should it be released on uh, Steam, Nintendo will likely take further action. Um, in terms of what could potentially be considered the uh, infringing material, uh, Twitter user and data miner at Luigi Blood said that Dolphin quote uh, Dolphin emulator operates by incorporating cryptographic keys without Nintendo's authorization and decrypting decrypting the ROMs at or immediately before runtime, and they later confirmed that the Wii Common key is in the emulator's source code. But that was two weeks ago. Um, all that information came out. And last weekend, the situation got a little bit more interesting. Casey Atchison Boyle, a Valve spokesperson, said that they were the ones who told Nintendo about the emulator coming to their platform. It wasn't Nintendo reaching out. Valve reached out to Nintendo. They said, quote, given Nintendo's history of taking action against some emulators, we brought this to their attention proactively after the Dolphin team announced it, it was soon coming to Steam. Valve also released a separate statement saying, we operate Steam as an open platform, but that relies on creators shipping only things they have the legal right to distribute. Sometimes third parties raise legal uh, objections to things on Steam. The Valve isn't well positioned to judge those disputes. The parties have to go to court or negotiate between themselves. An accusation of copyright infringement, for example, can be handled under the DMCA process, but other disputes like trademark infringement or breach of contract claim between a developer and publisher don't have the statutory dispute resolution progress or process. So in these cases, we generally will cease distributing the material until the parties tell Valve that they have resolved their dispute. Um... They kind of go on to say that uh, they don't want to ship the application knowing it could possibly be taken down. It could be disruptive to Steam users, especially getting involved with the Nintendo. And they, you know, basically didn't want to get involved. Um, so kind of on the face of that's kind of what we know right now. Any any initial reactions or thoughts that you guys have? Yeah, my first thought is the Twitter username Luigi Blood goes really hard. It's almost really too hard username <laughs> that's a crazy username luigi's <laughs> mansion just got real dark bro <laughs> i don't know my first reaction is like i don't want to say hypocritical because it's more more in the way of like trying to save face like do you guys uh remember the little like it was a blip in gaming news i think it was like two weeks ago the uh steam deck 
uh ad that had like yuzu straight up on the steam decks like dashboard in the ad or whatever the hell it was it's like so it's not really valve it's not really steam like they know what people like to use this stuff for they know that yuzu dolphin and every other emulator has a, a ton of uh like a huge fan base a huge player base and a huge creator base um, and they want people to be able to use those. Like they're not really here to be like the police, but what they do have to do is police their own gains. And if they want to continue to get things like Monster Hunter on Steam, um, as a you know giant Monster Hunter fan, you know like uh, Capcom has kind of always looked to Nintendo to release those. World being, um, you know like kind of a newer one that's just like different but nothing could really handle world that was a nintendo product and before that i mean dude it's a nintendo handheld system there's real money at stake there um it's it's a very high selling um title for for pc as well uh, after after monster Hunter rise actually released a pc so they really do have to cover their ass um this is that's what this is it's trying to save face and it fucking blows because the dinosaurs that are nintendo are not going to stop until they've eaten all the star leaves or tree stars or whatever the hell they call them in land before time i don't know but they're old as balls and we need to just like get the broom and dustpan and sweep them away but that's just i don't see that changing for nintendo anytime soon and it's really sad that people get caught up and swept up they're so bad with whatever it is copyright cmcas dmca striking their own zelda videos like this is just another car crash tragedy in the wake of Nintendo's um, fervent, uh, I don't want to be like hyperbolic, but like, I don't know, authoritarian march on the gaming <laughs> community trying to enjoy their shit. So, yeah, it just sucks, man. Yeah. I Absolutely. Cri Sorry, Chris, were you going to say anything else, sir? I mean, I 100% agree, you know? uh at the end of the day i don't blame um like valve or whatever it, it's just kind of the tried and true nintendo move you know um and it sucks it fucking sucks yeah. i did hear and i i only heard this from a single source uh review tech usa but apparently uh back in the day uh because china has a lot of weird things where if you want to sell in china you have to basically create something unique for china uh so that the ccp can have some sort of exert some sort of control over it right you can't just like make a Wii and sell a Wii there um and at one point they needed to create something so they could sell certain you know games for the Wii in china or the gamecube in china and they hired people that worked on dolphin to develop and optimize the the Wii and GameCube software or firmware or whatever in order to sell in China. So they, they recruited these folks. So it seems really hypocritical. It's like you guys are really, you know, you want them to do the thing when it suits you the best, but when they are independently researching and independently developing and creating talent that you can later utilize in your own organization, you know, you want it at your convenience, but you don't want them doing anything else. Um, which is just wild to me. Like it, like the, the lack of self-awareness in that, yeah, in last that time aspect. I heard, last time I heard people were getting paid to do that. Uh, guy went to jail and now owes Nintendo money for the rest of his life. Yeah. That, uh, was that Doug Bowser? Is that his first name? I, I, maybe. I'm pretty sure his name's Bowser, though. I'm like, yeah, Doug, yeah, Doug Bowser. Bowser's the the American president, the U.S. president of oh. or Nintendo of America. My bad. <laughs> yeah, they're both Bowser. They're both Bowser. <laughs> there's there's three Bowsers in the story. It's insane. Um, but yeah, there's no, usually more. Yeah, literally all the Bowsers. All the Bowsers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just kind of wild, though, that it's like, yeah, you want the you, this, you know, emulation and optimizing Gary. emulation. And His name was Gary Bowser. <laughs> He's Gary the name Bowser. of two rivals from Nintendo games. 
Yes, he was. He was damned. He was damned from the start, man. Yeah, yeah. no shot. They weren't gonna go anywhere near the other guys. They saw Gary and Bowser and said, "That's it. We're done." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just wild. It's like this is. I know there's a lot of legality stuff here, but there's also there's a lot of other benefits that I feel like we should probably talk about in terms of emulation and and uh what how that betters the industry right so like why should consumers care about this other than the fact that they you know uh you don't want you shouldn't want to see things get stepped on like this well the first thing is is game preservation right hardware doesn't last forever just stop hardware doesn't last forever and you know, we're getting to a point now where the only way that you can probably p- play some of your games if you haven't maintained your hardware is emulation. Unless you're going to try to buy from some shady organi- uh, shady company like DK Oldies. Go check out our episode on DK Oldies. Um, but right, eventually, GameCubes and Wiis will simply be unavailable. They will not work, but you're going to have those discs. And if you have a device that can read those discs, can read the ROMs, you can still play your games that you purchased 20 years ago. And that is important for for emulation devices to exist, to operate so that you can play the games that you still own. Um, And whether that's for nostalgia purposes, like, you know, game preservation just for nostalgia itself or art appreciation. Right. That's a bit, you know, video games are art. They are a form of art. They are a form of expression and they should be preserved and saved. Emulation helps do that. So that's one reason that you should care about stories like this. The second reason is the, you know, reason uh, or just the spirit of open source software, um, the nature of software development, being able to find and supporting guerrilla software and pushing forward game design and optimization through the ability to develop and tinker with old systems. That is the other second reason that you should really care about these stories and why consumers should be upset when they hear that Nintendo and Valve are in many ways conspiring. I understand that Valve has to cover their ass, but that still doesn't help their, you know, <laughs> it doesn't help their image. Um, you know, I, I understand it. It is, it is justifiable. It is defensible, but it still makes them look kind of spineless. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like your argument there on um, preservation, right? Because I know for sure I have tons of games in this apartment right now that I can't fucking play. They're just sitting around collecting dust, right? And it's sad. It's sad because these are games that I loved when I was a kid. Games that I still enjoy now. And maybe that's a little bit of a uh, a, uh, a rose-tinted thing there. But it doesn't matter, right? Because it's something I experience and I enjoy. And it's, it's just a shame that... Uh, because there's no way I'm going to go call up Nintendo and say, hey, you got a Game Boy Color lying around? You got one right. of those sitting in the back office somewhere, right? It's a shame. Yeah, yeah, and like on top of that, Chris, too, is like if you buy something, you know, especially if it's, you know, um, today, video games are exceptionally expensive. And as mm. we progress with technology in the video game industry, we're moving closer and closer to like an all digital platform. I mean, that's one of the PS vibes, you know, you can get a PS five that doesn't have a, a fucking disc tray. <laughs> like <laughs> it, that's insane to me. And like something yeah. that I'm, I'm going to read this real quick is just a, like a tiny snippet from Engadget to remind everyone that this is not like uh, something that's, you know, like, Oh, you guys are being overdramatic. No, dude, March 27th, this year, Nintendo closed down the eShops for the 3DS and the Wii U, making it completely impossible for you to purchase any of those like uh, digital format games. They're gone. They're just gone, dude. Like, So there were games that did not have a hard copy release, namely a lot of indies, because how expensive is it to go and actually pay to get something produced, whether that is a cartridge or it's a CD, you know, uh, or DVD-ROM, you know, something like that. Like, dude, <laughs> there's games that just are, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, you can't I, have buy a, them. I have a 99 cent game on my Wii U called like Bomby Boy or something. It's like a really terrible Flappy Bird thing. <laughs> really awful. Nobody's going to be able to experience that except me. It's gone. It Who's doesn't exist. Play Bomby Boy. 
<laughs> it doesn't exist. And it's like, there's Bombie boys. There's tons and tons of Bombie boys that are just gone, you know, which is like, <laughs> that's whatever. That's true, but like, you know, someone made that like, uh, like Danny said, it's art dude. Like, what was that? I think, um, in 2021 might've been 2022. Um, the first game ever to win a Hugo award. That was Hades. The first video game to be noticed and recognized as a piece of work, like a like either fiction or film or anything like that. And now video games are going to be recognized for things like Hugo Awards. And that is an exceptionally prestigious award for fantasy and fiction. Um, the fact that, yeah, again, things can just kind of non-exist <laughs> just because yeah. you know like a, a producer or um platform just kind of decides to just say nah not anymore um and uh looking at games that are even more say uh relevant today you know everyone's still crossing all their fingers and toes like when the hell are we going to hear about a bloodborne pc release and it's like nah man go and play that on your ps4 or Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots still hasn't released on anything except for a PS3. You know, like those those games, they just they're there or, um, you know, your PT demo on your PS3 that might be worth like eight hundred dollars on eBay now. <laughs> you know, it's it's just all of those things like there's there's enough evidence to back up what we're saying is, I guess, what I'm saying to anybody that might be like, nah, you guys are just. You guys are overreacting. It's like, no, dude, it's happening right in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Old man shouts at sky, shaking fist. Like, yeah, I do that on the daily, but not here. I'm I actually, I'm I actually telling you the truth. Sky for uh, irrelevant things in this conversation. I do it every day at 10 in the morning, man. It's on my list. It's <laughs> right. He has his morning coffee, takes a shit, takes him about an hour to take that shit. And then he goes outside and yells at the clouds. And then I, I have porridge. My team's calendar. I get an email reminder every morning. 15 minutes before <laughs> yeah every time every day uh, but for sure though like i you know i went to college as a digital arts student and i would go to the mfa in boston like at least once a week sometimes more times a week and one benefit i had going through my school was we got to go see their art preservation program you know and they would be in the back there spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to keep this like drawing from the renaissance of like poop on a lawn you know in tip-top shape and keep it clean and perfectly framed. They had these machines holding it. And it's like, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, we want to preserve this because it's a piece of history and it matters a lot to people, even though it's a piece of poop on the lawn there. But it matters a lot to people. And I think that uh, even with, like, Bombi Boy or whatever it is you're playing, it matters to someone. It matters to people out there. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It matters to someone. It has an effect on the culture, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think I had any other points that I wanted to make. Uh, Anyone else want to, Greenlee, did you have anything you wanted to say? They're they're killing real dolphins? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I came into this so unprepared because I thought we were going to be looking up facts about dolphins. (laughs) What do dolphins ever do? This is a really good Internet Explorer uh, bit you guys got going on. That's hilarious. Um, also, Greenlee, what did the dolphins ever do? Uh, have you not seen that episode of King of the Hill? Dolphins oh. are horrible. <laughs> dolphins do awful things. <laughs> they are they are really terrible creatures. <laughs> or are they just do they are they just creatures of desire? Unimaginable desire. Now, I won't go too deep into this, too, but I heard there were studies on uh, the secretion from dolphins, and uh, I-, I won't go further than that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Just one house, one dolphin, and one lady for 30 days. Y'all know about ambergris? <laughs> uh, I think let's, we can mosey on over to Deals of the Week. How does that sound? Yeah, that tiptoe, like actually. Man. We'll tiptoe <laughs> over. <laughs> Tiptoe around the dolphin carcass. Yeah. yeah. This is a good segue. This is smooth. Smooth like butter. All right. Um, my deal to grab this week is the humble pixel pride 
bundle that is going on for uh i think uh until the 28th of june um you can get seven games for 12 bucks and it uh helps support pride um let me check and see the uh it's for the trevor project so definitely make sure when you uh, go to home bundle to actually adjust how much you know you're giving to charity when you make that purchase um, our link will be affiliate. Uh, so if you guys want to help support the show, you can do that. Uh, but by no means feel like, don't feel like you have to, you know, use our code or even give us a dime. Uh, the Trevor project is great. Go give them more money than us, but, uh, let's, uh, head over to green elite green. What do you got? Okay. So this one is going to shock a lot of people. Um, I am going to suggest Brewmaster Beer Brewing Simulator. It's on Steam. It's 34% off uh, for a grand total of $11.87. Um, the reason why I say it's a surprise is because uh, I cannot stand beer. Beer is like the grossest thing on the planet. However, I do like simulators. Like IRL simulators are fun. Like PC building simulator is great. So if you want to uh, simulate making beers and maybe even rotate that into the real world. Check it out. I it's love that. Awesome. I love that. I don't drink beer, but I certainly simulate drinking beer. I, I do that. like Sims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I have an itch to build a PC, but I don't have, you know, money, I just go on PC building simulator. <laughs> and then like, that will scratch the, like the surface of the itch uh, for a little while. Is there, so, like, is there a yeah. dolphin simulator? I hope yeah, so. it's called echo. <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. It That's came out on the Sega saying. Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Uh Mindachi, what do you got for deal? Uh Echo the Dolphin. Like, <laughs> no, uh, I've got uh the PC version of Monster Hunter Rise, a feels app that I brought it up earlier, but Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak are bundled together for 34% off, um, which makes it 39.59. That's Honestly, uh, I'm not at the, I'm not at the end of uh, Sunbreak, which is a DLC they added, and I'm at about 315 hours of gameplay on Monster Hunter Rise. Um, the main game itself, I would say, will give you over 100 hours of content, and that is actually 50% off. So if you really want to just play Monster Hunter Rise, see if you like it, and then get Sunbreak later, that's perfect. Um, we just got the final update for Sunbreak. Like that's the final update. There's tons of content there already. Um, and maybe we'll be hearing about the next Monster Hunter uh, title in the near future. But uh, that is a phenomenal deal. And it looks and plays beautifully on PC. And it is native for your controller. So you can plug and play just fine. Uh, glorious 60 frames. Whereas the, uh, the Switch is not. And that is that is where I live in the frame delay zone. But anyway, yeah, really great. I highly recommend it. Excellent. Chris, do you have a deal that you'd like to promote? I was going to look for a dolphin simulator, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's on sale or not. I'm sure it's on sale. If it's not on sale, I'll talk to the game dev. Uh, I'll shout out Dead Estate on Steam. Go play Dead Estate. Uh, it's made by wonderful friends of mine, the Milk Bar Lads from Newgrounds very fun game and if you get the secret ending you can find me there in the credits and it says special no thanks which makes it really great <laughs> so yeah it's only it's only 14.99 they do have a free demo and uh you can even buy the original soundtrack and uh it Ooh. sounds really awesome and uh three of our friends actually already own this game including indie so yeah looks pretty sick to me man yeah, and if you need a really special deal, I'll harass Jack, the game dev. I'll I'll tell him you need it. <laughs> Actually, I won't do that. I take that back. Leave that in. Oh well, man, yeah. There's there's also four expansions that are all free that they've released. They have two more coming, uh, which one is labeled as summer 2023, and then there's one that might still come out this summer as well. So there's a there's a ton here, and it is a roguelike kind of a isometric shooter game and it looks phenomenal yeah it's very fun very well animated the music was fantastic in that one and i've seen uh jack working on the code many days and it looked like gibberish to me in there so i'm sure it's good i'm sure it's well coded 
If you want uh, Chris to go harass Jack, uh, drop a comment down below here on YouTube. I'm sure he would appreciate that. Make sure you tag him too. We'll uh, we'll have Chris's link in the uh, description of the episode, so you can tag him in the YouTube comments. And I want to see a bunch of tags in there. Anyways, yeah. if you tag me, I'll tag Jack afterwards. It'll be a big mess in the comments. <laughs> oh hell yeah, let's do it. um but i think that's gonna do it for the show let's go around and uh promote whatever we got to promote chris what do you got coming up and for anyone who maybe skipped the intro uh who are you what do you do and where can people find you man my name is chris pache try to remember that don't pronounce my last name wrong everyone does uh i do videos mostly on rom hacks and i'm working on a rom hack called pokemon chrysocola don't know how loud I should scream that. Nintendo might throw a weird paper at me, but that's okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I make I do streams three days a week. Next one, I think, is Tuesday, which I think is the day this comes out. I'm probably live streaming while you're watching this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Again, links will be in the description. He'll be tagged in there. Go check him out. Go give him some love. Go make some weird noises in his chat. Green, what's going Please. on with you? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Probably more Hunt Showdown. Uh, 1.13.1 is coming soon uh, for Hunt Showdown. Um, I've had like like a massive itch to play Halo, like the like the OG campaigns, Halo Two, Halo Three, Reach, the, like the works. Um, so like I've been doing that kind of off stream with Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, like that might be a thing. You can catch me twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Greenlee. That's Mr. Greenlee on every other platform, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, OnlyFans, all the all the things. OnlyFans, you say? It's real. Hmm. It's real. It's People real. are like, you have an OnlyFans? Yes. Yes. Wait, that's yeah. actually real? Like, it's, a, it's, I, it's 100% real. Look it up, <laughs> Mr. Greenlee. Yeah, I would never lie to you. That rocks. <laughs> uh, DM me after the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> special um, guest price unbuttoning the shirt right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you saw me take my jacket off already <laughs> oh we all saw chris we all saw <laughs> and dachi what's coming up with you well i was going to check out the stray souls uh demo from jukai studio but it turns out the director and owner of jukai studio is a giant piece of shit so i will never check out anything for stray souls in the future and instead, I will probably be checking out uh, Amnesia the Bunker, which has kind of just been sitting there begging me to play it, or uh, super sick, weird-ass indie game uh, that I was gifted by Brent. Um, Slayer's X, Terminal Aftermath, Vengeance of the Slayer, Mega 90s, Mall Rat, Serious Sam, Postal-ass-looking, Doom-like game. <laughs> uh, looks dope as hell. So I'm excited to play play shit that doesn't suck. Um, yeah. If I am streaming that, check me out at twitch.tv backslash Mendashi, M-E-N-D-A-C-I-I, or look at everything that I'm retweeting and looking at, following a lot of cool horror indie devs right now. And that is at only Mendashi on Twitter. Uh, we know you fellas got Amazon Prime. Give that a Prime sub. <laughs> Hit I with know the you get your mail from Amazon. Don't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up with me, uh, I'm working on projects behind the scenes, doing some editing for VRCana. Um, next week, the first episode of the fifth session of our D and D actual play is going up, so go check that out. Um, and yeah, I'm still grinding away. Uh, I don't know how much I'll be able to get done. Um, I got some pretty rough news uh, today, and that'll probably take some uh, take some time out of my week this week to to address that properly. But uh, otherwise, you can find me shit posting on Twitter at Danny K D A N I E C A E. That's a you know great place to watch me shit post and argue with randos on the internet for some reason. I I don't know why I do that to myself, but I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. Otherwise. Make sure you subscribe to this channel for more Next to Nothing in VRCana. Ring that bell. Leave comments. Subscribe. All that good shit. Yeah, if you um, look below the title of this video and you see a big red button, if you hit that, it turns gray. It's this cool thing. Make sure whoa. you do that because you, you won't experience that anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only on this channel. 
<laughs> and Chris's channel. channel. <laughs> weird. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, uh, mine, but, mine has this weird one that says like a dollar symbol. That one is more important on that channel, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the whole show this week. Thanks for watching and listening. Your time and attention is always appreciated. If you've made it this far, like I said, make sure you drop us a like and subscribe. That's always appreciated. Don't forget to let us know your thoughts on any of the topics that we discussed. Uh, at Chris, so you can harass him for, uh, you know, harassing Jack. Uh, you know, let's just get a good old... <laughs> you know, group of har group harassment going on there. Uh, <laughs> don't actually as harass a, anyone. As a professional human and human resources, I uh, did not hear any of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll as talk to you. As a professional idiot, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, just so you guys know, uh, the next couple episodes are going to mostly be gaming news because we had all sorts of announcements. So if you're looking for our opinions on uh, the Microsoft Showcase and uh, future games, all that stuff, we're splitting it up into two episodes. That'll be next week and the week after. We have some really special guests coming up for that stuff. But like I said, that's the whole show this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fights. Fuck Nick Merck, and we'll see you guys again next <laughs> week. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs>